0: And the full interview archive is also available at youtube.com slash Scott Horton Show. All right, you guys. On the line, I've got Misty Winston. And I've been on her show a few times. It's on TNT Radio, the Misty Winston Show. And we're Twitter buds. And she brought up a subject to me in the DMs there the other day uh, that I have neglected for a very long time covered this back in the 1990s on Say It Ain't So, actually, I think. Um, my old friend AJ uh, was, this was a big topic of his, and that is uh, the freeing of Leonard Peltier. It's almost like a cliche, but no, nah, it's a real man sitting in a cage. And yeah. I forgot everything I know about this case now. So I'm very happy to have you back on the show to talk about uh, Leonard and his case and what anybody is doing about it right now. Hi, Misty. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Really appreciate you joining us here. So, who's Leonard Peltier?
1: So Leonard Peltier is. Um, uh, he I de- like uses the word Indian, so I'll use that word as well. I know that that can be controversial. Some people get you know, you know, very up in uh, you know up in arms about different terminology. Um, but he is uh, an Indian who uh, in 1976 was arrested for the killing of two FBI agents. There was a shootout at Pine Ridge Ranch. Um, it's a, So it's a really long and complicated, there's a lot of history and nuance and, uh, you know, context and everything that people really need to be aware of. But the short story is that he uh, was at Pine Ridge Ranch when uh, two FBI agents followed a truck onto the property. Um, you know, for whatever reason, we don't really know the whole story. We would likely, they will never know the the, the real story. Um, there ended up being a shootout. Two FBI agents were killed as well as um, uh, another, a fellow Indian, a member of AIM, which is the American Indian movement, um, that, that kind of an advocacy group. Um, and so, uh, you know, Leonard was kind of held as the scapegoat. Um, uh, you know, there was a lot of really shoddy investigative work. There is a lot of really <laughs> I mean, questionable evidence that was used against him. Um, and so now he has been in prison for one or I'm sorry, 16,894 days, 10 hours, 18 minutes and two seconds. As of right now, there's a um, there's a, a a counting clock on uh, the uh, who is Leonard Pelletier dot info website, um, which is a great uh, website where you can find out more information about his case and all of that good stuff. Um, so that in in a nutshell is who Leonard Pelletier is mm-hmm. all right now.
0: So, I mean, is it your belief then, looking at it, that he really did just get stuck with the blame and that the dead guy is the one who killed the two cops? Or you think that there's some reason to believe maybe he actually did kill the cops? Um, I don't know.
1: We don't know. And um, Because we'll the never
0: trial know. was just so unjust that yeah. you just think he deserves a new one? Is that it?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, for sure. There's, I mean, there's no question that there is enough. Um, uh, questionable, not only questionable evidence, because uh, the casing that w- they used that was involved with the shooting wasn't even associated with Leonard's gun that he supposedly had at that time. Um, you know, the investigation was very um, questionable. The evidence that was used against him has been very questionable. A lot of evidence was withheld, not just from uh, the court itself, but also from the defense team. Um, so, I mean, a- if a- at the very bare minimum, he should get a new trial, um, but he is now in his late 70s. His health is declining rapidly. He's in really poor health. Um, He has a multitude of different health issues. Um, And so, uh, you know, it seems that, you know, perhaps we could just get him out of prison or he's in a maximum security prison, no less. Um, So, I mean, there's even been an effort to try to get him moved to a minimum security prison. I mean, he's nearly 80. Um, He's really not a risk to anybody. So, uh, you know, the the goal is to get him out of prison. I know that there's a big push for a pardon. Um, uh, That's kind of what everybody, his legal team is trying to push for, get everybody to call for uh, a pardon. Um, but yes, he, I mean, I think that at the very bare minimum, he deserves a new trial.
0: Yeah. Well, and look, I mean, people should not underestimate how ruthless the U.S. government is. I mean, remember Erwin Schiff, Peter Schiff's father, who was, you know, advocated people not paying their income taxes. He died shackled to his bed. You yeah. know, like they're just they are as ruthless as they would accuse any authoritarian government in the world of being. And the fact that this guy's still in a maximum security prison is a perfect example of that. It's like the embargo against Cuba or something. Just They're making an example out of this guy. That if you come after us, especially if you even may have touched a Fed, you will be buried under the supermax. You'll never see the light of day again. And let that be a lesson to everybody else, you know?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing to him. And they've moved him all over the country. He's been in, I think, most of the maximum security facilities. Um, he's now in Florida, which is, uh, you know, all the way across the country from his family. They've made everything incredibly difficult. It's very difficult to visit him. It's very difficult to get an interview with him. It's very difficult to even just get a phone call. Um, I just recently interviewed the hosts of the Leonard uh, Political Prisoner podcast, which is an excellent podcast if anybody wants to know, um, uh, you know, all of the historical context and all the nuance and everything. Because this this. Case is really complicated it's difficult for me to kind of wrap it up in you know uh, you know a, a, a quick answer um so if you anybody wants to know that's a really fantastic podcast but I just interviewed them and they said that you know just getting him on the phone if if they can get him on the phone he's given like 10 15 minutes and that's it that's max um and so uh they re- they really have made an example out of him um and you know the the fact that there's been so much that's come out since his trial but I mean in the in the United States legal system it's really difficult once you've been convicted, uh, it's really difficult for them to get them to go back and look at that again. Because you're you're essentially asking the court to admit that maybe they got it wrong. And that's really hard. That's yeah. hard. Yeah,
0: well, that's government <laughs> yeah. for you. They're a monopoly. Yeah. And yeah. so you can't go to the competition. There ain't none. Um, exactly. Right now, is he under the so-called special administrative measures? Do you know, I don't think or?
1: so. Um, technically, uh, he again it, just being in a in a maximum security prison, pretty close, uh, in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, the, the restrictions yeah. are pretty intense.
0: Yeah, and so. the Sams are that is a whole other level of isolation. But,
1: yeah, that's just, uh, that's torture. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, <laughs> yeah, and so okay, can you go back and tell us a little bit about the American Indian movement and what was going on in this period in the 1970s with the FBI and uh, is oh. this part of the counterintelligence program of Hoover and all of that, or what's happening?
1: Yeah, there's so much that really goes into it. I mean, again, it, I mean, it, if people want to know, I can't, I cannot say enough about uh, the the podcast that uh, Andrew and Rory did. Um, uh, again, it's called Leonard Political Prisoner. I just interviewed them. They did a really fantastic job because it is so uh, complicated. There's a lot. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of history here. This really goes back i mean a long time um but yeah the aim movement uh uh was just basically kind of the attempt um by uh i guess i, I hate saying indian Na- native american whatever i don't care what you call it um but uh the, the the i mean all of the oppression that they were facing their land being stolen the treaties not being um you know adhered to all of that stuff that they were kind of facing the you know increased police brutality, all of that stuff. Um, this was kind of um, in response to that. And so it was just like, you know, a, a movement that was trying to, um, you know, kind of fight back against that that oppression. Um, and, you know, there was, uh, there's there's a lot to go into. I mean, there's a lot of historical context that, um, about what had been happening, uh, you know, in, in the Black Hills and, um, you know, the, all of the land that was stolen. You know, they here you can have this land. Oh, it's got resources. So never mind, we're going to take that back um, or we're going to take that away from you. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, AIM was just kind of a, a, a response group that came up, um, you know, in, in, in an attempt to kind of fight back against what was happening at the federal level. Um, and, you know, trying to regain some of their, uh, um, uh, uh, humanity, I guess a lot of that was taken from them. Um, so, and Leonard was a very active movement in that or a very active member in that movement. Um, and, uh, you know, as were a lot of, uh, people in his, in that area, um, at Pine Ridge that would, I mean, they were all very active in that movement. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, there's so much, like, I don't even know where to start. Really. <laughs> I really don't even know where to start.
0: Yeah. That's all right. Hang on just one second. Hey y'all, they've got great deals on weed at the The hemp spot specializes in Delta eight tetrahydrocannabinol instead of Delta 9, so they can send it straight to you anywhere in America. Recently, a friend moved and didn't have a guy in his new town. But then he heard about thehempspot.com on my show and was saved, figuratively and literally. Because if you use the promo code Scott, you get 15% off every order. And free shipping on any order over $100. Legal jams, bud, gummies, and the rest, in your state. Thehempspot.com. Spell V- THC. You guys, my friend Mike Swanson has written such a great revisionist take on the early history of the post-World War II national security state and military-industrial complex in the Truman-Eisenhower and Kennedy years. It's called The War State. I have to say, it's the most convincing case I've read that Kennedy had truly decided to end the Cold War before he was killed. In any case, I know you'll love it. The War State by Mike Swanson. Some of y'all have a problem. You've got chickens, but you don't want to stand around throwing food at them all day because of all the important stuff you have to do. Well, the solution to that is to get the Free Range Feeder from freerangefeeder.com. The Free Range Feeder has been developed to satisfy the needs of the poultry chicken hobbyist and the homesteader. The convertible design allows for four different mounting methods. Go to freerangefeeder.com Scott or use promo code Scott to get 15% off and get the free ebook. Subscribe to their newsletter to immediately receive your free copy of Getting Started with Backyard Chickens. That's freerangefeeder.com slash Scott. You know, I think people kind of have an idea of the 70s. It's sort of the post-anti-Vietnam War left, um, sort of the post-civil rights era, or the next kind of chapter in that era. And You know, obviously, a lot of American Indians were saying, well, hey, what about us? You talk about getting screwed around here, you know? Yeah. Um, And so and then, of course, obviously, you have the FBI just as interested in destroying that as they were uh, going after the Black Panthers or the Ku Klux Klan or any other, you know, attempted separate center of real power in the country, which is, you know, if you want to do politics in America, you can join the Republican or Democratic Party. Otherwise, you're in trouble. That's basically the deal, you know?
1: Yeah, no. And that and it really was just out of a response to I mean, if you go back and you look at all of the things, it was an accumulation of events. Obviously, that's usually how these kinds of things are born. But in the late 60s and early 70s, there really was kind of um, this attempt to fight back against uh, you know, just this crazy level of discrimination, um you know, the steal the theft of land, all of this stuff, the broken treaties, I mean, there was just broken promise after broken promise after broken promise. and they were fed up. and so I, I think aim was just created um you know out of that uh, frustration. Um, and, uh, you know, just feeling as if they were being taken advantage of and not heard, which, you know, is, you know, very clear. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that they were, they were fighting against high unemployment and the bad housing and racist treatment and treaty rights and, uh, the uh, reclaiming of their tribal lands, um, all of that stuff, I mean, illness, poverty, all of that stuff that was really uh, running rampant in the Native communities, um, you know, it, that was really just kind of their attempt at, at fighting back against us. And they, I mean, they were pretty um, uh, outspoken, no question about it. Um, but I think that, the, you know, <laughs> the FBI doesn't like, uh, <sighs> you know, they don't like being fought back against. The United States government doesn't like being, you know, you're just supposed to, you know, sit back and take it, do as you're told. Go along, get along, all that good stuff, Um, and they weren't really interested in that. So um, there was definitely kind of a targeting of AIM members, Uh, no question about it. I mean, there was. I think I'm gonna. I I might get this figure wrong. I think there was like 68 murders. I might be wrong on that. Maybe 63. I don't know. I'm getting my numbers a little bit fuzzy. uh, But uh, of different AIM members um, uh, randomly throughout. You know, there was the Goon Squad. um, You know, which again is another, like, there's a lot of context there that people could go back and learn about. Um, But yeah, there was a lot, they they were very targeted uh, during this time period in the late 60s and early to mid 70s, um, all the way up until, uh, you know, the shootout that happened. So um, yeah, it was was a really rough time um, for the Native communities, no question about it.
0: Mm -hmm. And then, so this shootout was the culmination of all of it when he was arrested and a couple of the others and that was the end of the thing or?
1: Um, I mean, I don't, I I guess it, I guess it was the culmination of, um, I mean, it was just kind of the way that everything built up to what happened to Leonard. I mean, just if you're in in reference to his story. Um, I mean, I think that the, the native communities are still in a battle for their rights and for, you know, all of that good stuff. Um, but yeah, as far as Leonard's story that, that really was, um, it was an accumulation of events that kind of took place through the late sixties and early to mid seventies. And then, as I said, uh, there was a, Um, I think it was like a red and white truck or van or something. And the federal agents followed it onto Pine Ridge Ranch. And like I said, we don't really know. And we'll likely never know what actually happened and how the shootout started. The feds say that, um, you know, they were fired upon first. Obviously, Leonard and his crew say that they were fired upon first. We will never know for sure um, what the actual story is that took place um, and how, you know, who actually was at fault or who. I mean, the, I think the, the <laughs> it's really complicated. I mean, and in a shootout, it's really difficult to kind of um, judge. But I know that the federal agents were um, uh, shot point blank. Um, and then I think that the, uh the uh, AIM member, I think, was uh, maybe like, – it was like a snipe situation. Um, but, yeah, three people ended up dying, uh, and we'll never know the whole story. And essentially, um, there were two other people who were uh, – they got tried, and um, I think they were – Uh, It was, uh, they weren't convicted, Um, but then they went after Leonard and they ended up moving Leonard's trial to a different location. They learned a lot from the first trials of the two, uh, I guess they called them um, co-conspirators or co-defendants or whatever. Uh, So they learned a lot. The federal government learned a lot from that, from losing that court case. And so they moved Leonard's trial to a different location um, and uh, really fought to keep out a lot of stuff. Uh, from the trial and um, ended up successfully convicting him. And he's been in prison ever since.
0: Yeah, man. All right. So uh, tell me about the activism that you guys have going on now.
1: Okay, so um I I mean I've been super involved in uh I, my my focus has always been kind of more targeted journalists and whistleblowers. I'm heavily involved in the Julian Assange movement. Um, but you know, when I was listening to the podcast, uh I mean I've been familiar with Leonard's work uh or with Leonard's story um and the work to get Leonard freed. Um and I, you know, have commented about it and talked about it. I haven't been super heavily involved, but when I talked to the hosts of the podcast, um, one of the things that they said that the legal team would really like to see is, um, for people to kind of make a push, um, on the White House and fight for a pardon. Um, so one of the ways that we can do that, and I figured it was, this is a super easy way for everybody to get involved. The White House comment line, um, is open from Tuesday through Thursday, from 11 a.m. until 3 p.m. It's weird to me that they're so restrictive on uh, the the times. But so from Tuesday to Thursday this week, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., we want to do um, a phone like a phone call frenzy. Everybody call. Everybody call. Um, you can call the White House comment line. It's 202-456-1111. Super easy. 202-456-1111. Um, And just call, leave a quick message. Doesn't have to be anything super detailed. Um, Just express your support for Leonard Peltier and uh, request that Joe Biden, um, uh, uh, you know, pardon him. Or maybe you could suggest that there uh, be a a push for a new trial. Um, I know that Leonard is uh, really unwell. He's, I mean, he's got a lot going on. He was uh, uh, diagnosed with COVID in late January, early February. Um, He's got a lot of other health issues. uh, And he is, again, in his late seventies. So, um, you know, it would be, it would just be nice that he could, uh, you know, spend out his remaining days with his family. He's an artist. He loves to paint. Um, so, uh, we're trying to make a push. It's really quick and easy. Phone calls are very easy. So if everybody could just, um, take a couple minutes out of your day on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, um, and call the white house comment line and request a pardon. Uh, that's something that the legal team would really appreciate. I know. And I know Leonard would as well.
0: All right, Cool. So that's 202-456-1111. And uh, tell us again the name of that podcast if everybody wants to go and sign up and look at that. So, um,
1: and I really cannot recommend it enough. Again, I'm not like an expert on Leonard. I uh, just, you know, really was just trying to help with this push here um, to get uh, some support to the the, the White House um, and and try to get for this pardon. But the the podcast is called uh, Leonard Political Prisoner. It's available on all political or on all podcast platforms. Um, th- they also have a Twitter. I believe it is Leonard Pod um, uh, at Leonard Pod. Um, and the hosts are amazing. They uh, were heavily in, uh, in contact with Leonard and his team. They have a lot of interviews with um, a lot of his friends who were, you know, involved in that time. And it, I'm sorry, it's Leonard underscore Pod. My apologies. Um, And then they also have uh, links there where you can find the podcast. And it is, they do a really great job. Again, this is, it's like a really complicated case. There's a lot that goes into this. There's a lot of like history that's involved. Um, And Andrew and Rory did a great job of really kind of diving into that and, you know, presenting a comprehensive uh, and thorough storyline so that everybody can kind of get a feel for, um, you know, what actually was going down and how, because really there is so much, there's so much um, screwed up about this case. And the evidence that was presented, the way it was presented, a lot of stuff was withheld. Um, you know, they coerced three teenagers to testify against Leonard. Those kids have re- or have come out since then and said that they, uh, you know, were kind of forced into testifying. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, so I highly recommend anybody who wants to learn more about Leonard and his case, uh, to check out that podcast. It is very good. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we, uh, Leonard is a political prisoner. There's no question about it. Um, so, uh, yeah, if everybody could just make those phone calls on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, uh, you know, I'm not sure it'll do any good, but, um, it certainly doesn't hurt to try.
0: Yeah, there you go. All right. Misty Winston, TNT radio. And is what's the website for that?
1: Um, It's tntradio.live, I think.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right, good times. so bad. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No, I really appreciate that. And um, everybody follow Misty on Twitter at sarcasm stardust. Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it.
0: The Scott Horton Show, Anti-War Radio, can be heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, APSradio.com, antiwar.com, scotthorton.org, and libertarianinstitute.org.